the storms rage high. So let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise. Oh, they won't worry me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. Oh, He walks with me. And
Praise the name of the Lord. Wonderful Savior. Blessed Redeemer. What a place to be. Walking with the very God of heaven. Amen. Where else would you want to be but in the arms of God? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, we rejoice in your presence, Father. We thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, Lord God. And we worship you tonight, O oh God, and we give you praise. Lord Jesus, we lift up your name tonight. With adoration, O oh God, with love, Father. All the love that is in our hearts, O oh Lord. For, O oh God, you can o- we can only love you because you first loved us. Our Father, who thought of us, we were in you before the foundation of the world, before any speck of any stardust, Lord God, we were in you. And you loved us, Lord. And you've watched over this seed, O God, by election and foreknowledge and predestination, Lord God, to come into manifestation in this very hour, O God. And you have poured out yourself, Lord God, And revealed yourself in your great love, Lord Jesus. That, oh God, our seed within us can respond back to you with, oh God, how great thou art. How we love you, oh God. How we love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, oh God, for your grace to us. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that we have found grace in your eyes, oh God. Lord Jesus, have your way tonight, oh God. Have your way in this service, Lord. Anoint our brother Michael, O God, as you would come and minister, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, as you would open his mouth, Father. I pray that you would just step behind the veil, Lord God, and speak the words of eternal life, Lord. The words of life that come from your very throne, O God. The words of life that will change these bodies from mortal to immortality, O God. The words of life that transform us into your image, O God. O Father, speak through our brother, Lord Jesus. Have your way, O God. Thank you, O God, for your mercy and your grace and your healing grace in our lives, Lord. Thank you for bringing Brother Henry home, Lord God. Father God, you saved him, Lord, from a premature grave. He could have gone by the way of the grave, Lord God, but you arrested him, Father. And brought him back, Father. Brought him back to his home, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray that you just restore his health, Lord God. Completely and wholly, Father. Anoint our brother Milko, Father. Strengthen him, Lord. Fill him with resolution and resolve, O God. To keep pressing on, Lord. To keep claiming the promise, Lord. We stand with him, Father. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Be with our American brothers and sisters, Lord God. I pray that you bless them richly, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, and everyone that has joined with us, Father. Lord Jesus, oh, God, we just invite you. Invite you into our homes, Lord. Invite you to where we are, Lord God, and to come, Lord, and dwell with us, Lord, and walk with us, Father. We constrain you, Lord Jesus, to come and walk with us, Father. Oh, granted, Lord Jesus, have your way tonight, we pray. And we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity, O God, to come and worship together. Lord, even though we're separated by distance, Father, yet we are together, Lord. We're connected. 
by the grace of God. And we want to worship you, Lord. And we want to feed on the word at your table tonight, Lord God. Feed us with the very bread of life, the bread from heaven, Lord Jesus. For you are the bread that has come down from heaven, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, O God. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise, Lord. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for standing with us. God bless you so much. We appreciate you, each and every one. You can have your seats. And for those that haven't uh, heard, Brother Henry did come home today from the hospital, and we're so very thankful for the grace of God in his life. And just praise the Lord. Amen. God, God richly bless him. <clears throat> I like to sing a congregational number to, together. I'm pressing on the upward way. It's number 629, Kiev. <laughs> a couple of announcements. Um, one service next weekend again for Memorial Day. And then Brother Murphy is going to be in uh, Washington the following weekend. And what is that, June the 6th and the 13th, correct? Yes, June the 6th and the 13th. Brother Murphy will be down in Washington uh, ministering at the camp. So we just want to remember those services in prayer. Amen. God meets us. Hallelujah. Let's start with verse 1. I'm pressing on the upward way to heights I'm
sing that last verse and the chorus again, and we'll invite Brother Michael to come. Amen. I want to scale the utmost height. There's always more heights to gain. Amen. You can never find the limit to God's heights. He's unlimited. Hallelujah. He's infinite, unchanging, and far beyond what we could ever fathom in our human capacity. It will go on through eternities and we'll never ever, Brother Bram says, we'll never ever plumb the depths of God or the heights of God. Hallelujah. Amen. But while we're here, we want to keep climbing. Amen. Because there's more to be had. There's more ground to take. Amen. Caleb said, give me my mountain. Amen. Let's sing it. We'll invite Brother Michael. I want to scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I'll pray till heaven I'm found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift feet on higher ground as brother nathan was saying that's all my desires lord deeper higher stronger further that's what my walk i desire my walk to be amen a few little announcements as we just before we turn to the word got a wedding tomorrow i don't know whether the couple will hear a word tonight or not as they're in i'm sure much anticipation and excitement but uh, we are happy for Caleb and Hannah as they are going to be married tomorrow. What a day. What a day that will be. Amen. So we are rejoice with them tomorrow. One o'clock is the wedding tomorrow afternoon. Amen. And then on the back side of that, numerous years ago, about 67, we have an anniversary today, don't we, Grandpa and Grandma? We do, amen. God bless you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> amen. What a incredible to be able to have you both here tonight. 67 years ago, I had that little picture that I had of you walking down the aisle. My goodness. He's my hero. If I can be like that 67 years from now. My goodness, my feet will be planted <laughs> on higher ground. Amen. I sure appreciate everything Grandma and Grandpa have done for 
the body of Christ throughout the years. He's, I know, a role model for all of us, Sister Ruth, Grandma, for all of the sisters of the bride. I know they look up to you as a mother of the gospel here. Amen. I know we all listened to some of the COVID stuff over the last little bit, these last days. Nothing has changed too much with uh, churches quite yet. I know if someone had been asking, they didn't really announce much about churches in this last little update. Uh, the 15th of June is really where they get formal about it and kind of let us get back to the 50-50-50 thing or whatever, 50 people. And uh, so we'll let you know as that comes along, if there's anything that comes up about that in the next coming days or somehow left the churches out of the picture, which is par for the course. So, but we won't let that get us down, nor let us get deterred. We'll keep preaching the word, and we'll keep hitting back at the enemy, amen? Amen. I think that's it. Thank you, musicians. We'll turn to the scriptures. You can stand with me tonight. I'm going to try and take a little bit of a part two. Maybe just a little wrap-up from last service, where we couldn't get to. You help me out, you pull on the word, and we'll see how the Lord leads it a little bit through the evening. We were we were in Isaiah, we're going to read there again, Isaiah 6, verse 1. We'll just open the scriptures in that same chapter. Everybody hanging in there? Have a good week thus far? Everybody on Zoom? God bless you, good to see you. God bless you, Brother Tom. Amen. Do I feel really loud? I sound really loud out there. Because <laughs> it could get louder, Brother Sam, so you got, maybe you need to tune me down in here. Amen. All right. Verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple. He said, Brother Michael, you read this last week, but it's just as powerful tonight. I also saw the Lord sitting on a throne. What a sight. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. And with twain or two, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. We spoke about the two that covered his face. Maybe we'll just give a little bit of a short recap a little bit there and go a little bit further down. His twain that covered his face was with reverence. And the twain, he covered his feet. But Abraham said in humility. And with twain, he did fly with action. And we'll just, again, take that thought, reverence, and humility in action. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled full, is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. What a scene that was for Isaiah to behold. And then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, and purged him, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Amen. My, how that would have felt for Isaiah, my iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. And I all heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And after that coal that from the altar touched Isaiah, then he had the boldness to stand and say, Lord, then said I, here am I. It went from woe is me, I am unclean, to here am I, 
send me. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we approach your word, Lord, indeed with reverence tonight. Lord, not casually. Lord, for this is you. You are the word. And Heavenly Father, we pray that you would break the bread of life tonight. Lord, I don't know what you desire to do as we pondered, Lord. But Lord, your word can go forth tonight. It can break chains. It can deliver. It can seek the lost. It can heal the weak and sickly among us, Lord. It can save the lost souls that are dying in sin. Lord, your word is a power to do all this and more just by the power of your word, Lord. So if it can go forth tonight, Lord Jesus, reach a heart, prick a soul, Lord, and to your glory it will be. Lord, we'll lift your name up. Lord, as we've been just in your word, Lord, and how, Lord, our mouths and our hearts and our lives, Lord, want to emit praise and glory and honor and power to you, Lord. Precious Lord, would you come tonight? Go to each little room, Lord, each little little home, Lord, wherever someone's watching this service, Lord, in this sanctuary, Lord, be present, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 You can have your seats wherever you may be. Amen. So we last week, we spoke a little bit on reverence, the twain that covered his face, the wings of the seraphim. We spoke a little bit on the the reverence of the day or what that what that meant and we spoke on the fear of God and how reverence is the fear of God and we just went through that a little bit and how that is uh, has been weakened has been has bro- been broken down through this last these years as we've seen we went through a couple examples different things and how that that lack or that that decrease of reverence reducing our awe reducing our respect whether it be in our daily routines we spoke of and, and removing that majesty and in a spiritual sense removing and, and having an effect and potentially removing the majesty and splendor of who he is to us and that trap that the enemy has to in that in the sense of bringing and breaking down those those aspects of respect in our lives and so we spoke on the fear we said god is not a casual god he's not a casual god he's not just some doty grandparent or something he's a he's a living all-powerful god amen and so we want to we want to treat and respect him in that way and so we talked about the the fear of god and how the scripture says it's the beginning of all wisdom the fear of the lord is a fountain of life and the proverbs 22 4 said by humility and the fear of the lord are riches honor and life and so we were speaking on that, just trying to spur your mind a little bit where we were. If you didn't hear it, you can go back as we went through it in a little bit more depth. And we spoke how that fear of God was not afraid, right? It wasn't afraid. You weren't afraid of him, but Abraham says that you're not. It's, they don't mean you're afraid. We wrote, read the quote. It, it's giving him respects and reverence, all right? He goes, you have to have respects. To, before you can have respects, he says you have to have fear, the right fear. As we spoke, the right fear, not a scared fear and, and being, you know, afraid of God. It was having reverence and respect for Him. Amen. And so we went through the aspects of a father and a son, some examples of that, and how He was a role model and, and, and such, and how much higher our fear of God, if we have that, uh, should have that uh, relationship with our, with our parents and such, how much higher should our relationship and our reverence and our fear for God be. And so we just were pricking that a little bit. And I pray maybe you went home and maybe your, maybe your relationship with the Lord, he said, Lord, I don't want to treat you in any casual way. 
I don't want to treat you in any way lower than what you 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 uh, you deserve. And so we and we spoke how we want to we don't ever we don't want to question him. If the Lord's done it, he's done it, and that'd be our ultimatum, amen. Ultimatum, and that gave us confidence. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs said, and the fear of the Lord is, is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. And we talked of Job and Abraham, and we went through that in a little bit of a way just to just to show how when Abraham feared God in the midst of his incredible uh, trial there where God was trying him to bring Isaac and to sacrifice him. But in that fear, he gave him confidence because he knew God was in control. Amen. And so this fear was is is vital, vital that in our in our relationship, vital in our in in our walk with God to be able to correctly place reverence where where it is due, and with that correct fear also brings the right approach, because if you don't fear or have the respect for somebody, your approach can be completely off, completely wrong. And that's where it has broken down in this in this day and age, where so because of the loss of respect, because of the the lack of respect and reverence for certain positions, whether it be father, mother, boss, teacher, whatever it may be, because they don't fear them, they don't have respect or reverence for those offices. Therefore, then they have they have the completely wrong approach, and when they they approach them, and and that can happen. Um, that approach changes when you when you have lost respect. And uh, approach is a way of dealing with something, or it's a certain method, or a process, an attitude, or a mode, or a manner of tactic, or or to come near to get closer. And so you can have, you know, what's my approach to this situation? How am I going to how many uh, how am I going to address it, or how am I going to get close to this situation? What what tactic do I have, or what's my process to approach the situation? And and I, unfortunately, what happens is I, I think because of the loss of respect too often we approach something wrong and we don't get the effect that we're wanting because of the the, 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 the wrong approach. You know, the priests in the temple had to approach the holiest of holies in a specific, very specific way. If they approached it, if they approached the Day of Atonement, if they went into the holiest of holies, if they did one thing wrong, one thing wrong, Scripture said, that do all this, that he die not. That he die not. So his approach and how he did and how he ordered himself, what he did, how he dressed, what the, the series of different uh, actions and such. If he did it one thing wrong, if he approached it wrong and carried out the process wrong, he died. It just was that simple. And so what care he had to make sure that I'm approaching this with the appropriate reverence and fear. His life was on the line. And so here he was making sure I'm approaching Almighty God. I'm coming before the holiest of holies. I'm bringing a sin offering. I'm bringing, and I must make sure I'm approaching it right. Lord, cover me. He put the right linens on. He did the right actions in the right order so that he did not die. Approach. Approach. You know, if you just had a, no one would, in our relationships, in our families, like I said, teachers or whichever, I can imagine, you know, sons just don't come blasting through the door or maybe a, their dad is in, in uh, busy with something or a mom is something and says, hey, pop, how's it going? Yeah, I need this and I need that. And interrupt them right there and expect to get a certain response. No. <laughs> right out of the gates, the approach is wrong. 
wrong words, wrong respect, wrong timing, wrong, wrong, wrong. And they do not get the desired effect just because their approach is way off. You can approach your teacher, I'm sure students, you know, you maybe have a exam. Anybody have had an exam that's marked wrong ever before? Ever? Anybody? Anybody? Exam marked wrong? You're like, oh my goodness, my teacher totally gave me wrong marks. I got a lower mark than I wanted, right? Yeah, we've all had that happen. You don't get a blast through the door and be like, you totally marked it wrong, teacher. Your your error, I don't know how your adding is. Did you go to school to write with arithmetic? Do you know math? Do you know how to add? You're my teacher. That's probably not how you'd respond. They'd be like, zero. F, I don't really care how much I missed it. Your approach was not going to get you the desired outcome. But if you came before the teacher and say, you know what, do you mind? I just had a little question. Maybe there was something that was marked a little wrong. Do you mind if you just recount this and look at a couple of questions? I was just going over it. Can you just do a double check for me? Your approach will get you a different outcome. And what you're, what you're doing, and it's the same thing in how we approach God. Right? You're wanting a little raise. I know I'm sure you're blasting through your boss's door and being like, you pay me too little. I'm worth ten times more or I'm out of here. Like, well, you're out of here. <laughs> that's probably not the answer you want to hear. What? No, that's not the way to approach it. And so, because, and the way, if you approach anything in that level or that casual, it's because you don't have the respect for the office. You don't have respect or reverence for that role. No matter whether they're worldly or not worthy, there's a certain, they're in a certain role. They're above you. They're a supervisor. They're a parent, wherever they are. And they have an office and you respect it and approach it correctly. The outcome will come out correctly. God will honor that. Amen. So our approach is so vital to the outcome. Natural and spiritual. Natural and spiritual. And I wonder in our approach to God, if we miss out on benefits and blessings that he has for us because we maybe don't approach him quite correctly. Quite correctly. And that's why we're speaking on reverence and humility because that is the process to come before him so that action can happen. Because without reverence and without humility and you approach him without that, you're not going to get the right response. You're going to miss out on a benefit or a blessing. And let's, we can imagine some of these are very simple, simple, I should say, um, well-known aspects of scripture. I'm not going through things that you don't know, but maybe just encouraging them, maybe for the younger ones. Sometimes as you grow up, you don't, you know, you think these are just simple principles. <laughs> yeah, well, they need to be taught because it can help you in your everyday life and your spiritual life when you have the right approach both to God and to our natural world. So in the scripture, we're all familiar with the account, Matthew 15, 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. For she crieth after us. And he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Man, we've heard this before. And no one would ever want to be called the dog. 
No one ever would would be calling that. He called me a dog. It's not even proper. Right? What's the matter with this man? I'm asking for help and he just calls me a dog. I says, what happened? In fact, first he just didn't even acknowledge her. And ignored her and didn't even answer her. Not a word. Why? But Abraham says because she did not have claims on him as son of David. She was a Greek. Abraham says he was the first Gentile to get healed and have a miracle done. She did not have access to him. She couldn't approach him as son of David because that was for the Jews. She was not son of David to him. And so she couldn't claim him in that right. And so he didn't, he ignored her. And then in fact said, I don't eat, there's nothing. I cannot send bread. That's for the Jews. That's for them. Two dogs. Jew or Gentile. Abraham says, now first she called him son of David. Now she has a Gentile. No claims on him, son of David. But when she said Lord, he was her Lord. But not son of David. Amen? Because he didn't have claim. We talked, you know, we heard it preached before. A daughter has no claim. My daughter has no claim on me as a husband. I'm not husband to her. She has, it's a father-daughter relationship. She can't do any, she doesn't have a claim on me as a husband. Nor does my wife have a claim on me as a daughter. Because we're husband and wife. And so there's a certain access, there's a certain approach that comes through that channel that they have claims on. And she tried to have claims on him as son of David. There was no access there. That was not the channel she could reach him at. Her approach, even if she said, oh, son of David, help me, help me. It wasn't like she was being rude. But that was not the channel she needed to access him on. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. My That just so strikes me every time I read this scripture. That she had the presence, the respect, the reverence, the humility. She recognized, okay, I didn't approach that quite right. And she, Lord, oh, that's who she, he was to her. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. Brother Bram said she had the right approach to God's gift. And the only way of ever receiving it is to come by the right approach. She was the first Gentile that a miracle was ever performed on. Faith admits the word is right. It's humble. It's reverent. And the same is today. Be willing to take any part of it just so I get there. Just so I get there. She didn't care what she had to do. She had to maybe re, redefine how she was approaching the word. But when she came, she said, truth, Lord. But even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. She's willing to abase herself and say, I just need a little bit. You are my Lord and Savior. I just need a little bit. And God says, what faith is that? Willing to approach it with humility and respect and reverence. And God recognized that. She was willing, Lord, I don't even care. I wanted to even have a little crumb from a piece of bread and just sprinkle it on the ground. And be like, I'm not going to give you the bread that's for, the, for them, but I'll just take a crumb. Just a little crumb that drops. I'll even take just that, Lord. I need you. She was willing to get that humble, that reverent, that, oh God, Lord. And she received what she desired because she was willing to come through that level not, oh, forget it then. He wants to call me a dog. I'm out of here. She would have got nothing. Nothing. And 
And all that Abraham said, just so I get there. Just so you get there. I don't care whatever you need to do, whatever you need to redefine or re readjust in your spiritual walk, get down. Maybe you need to humble yourself, get yourself down and respect the word of the hour and say, Lord, I just need to get there. I don't really care how tiny it is. I just want to get there. Amen. Humble to the point where all you care about is just the tiniest crumb. Then God will do a work for you when you want to come down to that, that level. As she was, the Shunammite woman was the same. Same, she said to her husband, here was, here they honored God's prophet, created a little bit of a room for them, had some respect. He's traveling and such. Let's build a little house. Let's give him a little place. He's weary. And they honored him. They honored him and they had, God gave him a child for doing that. The child at about 12, he dies. And he says now, second Kings, run now, I pray to meet her. It says, Elisha, speaking to Gehazi, saying, Read her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? Of course it's not well. No, that wasn't her response. <laughs> What's happening? How can this befall me? You gave me a child, you said he had given me a child 12 years later, and then he dies? What, what kind of promise was that? That was not her response. Her response was, it is well. It didn't really matter what was going on. It is well. It is well. And when she came to the man of God on the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near and thrust her away. Again. Thrust her away. She's trying to come now the right way. And you got someone trying to push you away from it. Push her just like the disciples are trying to get this lady away. The Shunam, the uh, Seraphonician woman pushed her away. Didn't, didn't, take, didn't get her off at all. The man of God said, let her alone. For her soul is vexed within her and the Lord hath hid it from me. And it's not told me. Then she said, desire, did I desire a son, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? She didn't come careening up to Elijah. What did you do this for? Why did he die? Wasn't the case. Her approach. She approached the word. She approached with reverence. She approached with respect. And she approached with humility. And what happened is, Elijah went down there. And the child lived. She held on to it. She said, he, Elijah said, go send my staff. He sent his staff to the Gehazi. Go down. Go down. Go down and take my staff. She says, mm-mm. The mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth, as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. She wasn't leaving the word. She wasn't leaving the prophet. She's saying, it's not happening. I don't want no staff. I don't know where it is. I know the word is with the prophet. And this is who I've come. I've come to the word. I've approached it. And now I have need of something. I've reverenced myself. I've humbled myself. Oh, meet my need. That's how she approached it. Her need was met. Amen. Martha, very much the same way. But Abraham ties these two together. Here Martha was. Can you imagine how much that... They were, Jesus loved Martha and Lazarus and Mary. He loved them. They were, they were dear to them. Jesus wept at, in these, when dealing with this scriptures and Lazarus and, and such. And he came and he ignored. She says, Lazarus is dying. Come. Ignored her. Ignored her. Lord, I've prayed and I've prayed. Come and meet my need. And it's like he's ignored you. God, I need, I need a touch from you. I need something. Meet me. I, I'm in desperate. And no response to Martha's call. 
And when he finally come, seemed like now, but Abraham says she would have, could have walked out to him, said, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come when I called you? My brother, lay, brother there laying sick. We've left our church. We've left our organization. We've done everything to follow your message because we did believe you were the man of, man of God. How could a man of God? We two orphan or three orphan children here. Our livelihood uh, was taking tapestries from the temple. We are members. Our mother, father was members. And because you hoaxed us into a thing to believe in this, what you're trying to teach, saying you're the son of God, a prophet sent from God, these things, how we'd ever believe you. A man that wouldn't even listen to me when I call you. When I was in need and I had need of you, you ignored my message and went on. Wow. But Abraham says, if she'd have done that, the story would have been different tonight. The story would have been different tonight. But he said she remembered the Shunammite. She remembered the Shunammite. How did she respond to the word? How did of her day? How did she respond to the prophet? He said she went down and she humbled herself before the prophet and she said, she said, Oh, so I'll go humbly and reverently and kneel down. This is Martha thinking, no, no, she was taught right. She knew the scriptures. She knew what happened in the Old Testament. She said, uh-uh, uh-uh. There's the same situation. She was in desperate need. She had, she, there was no answer. She didn't know why it happened. Even the prophet, the Lord had held it from him, but she came respectfully. She came reverently before his throne, before the feet of, of, of the prophet. And here Martha says the same thing. She says, uh-uh, I need to come. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to go humbly and reverently and kneel before him. None of all that, why this happened, why, how come? Nothing. And then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know. But I know that even now, it doesn't matter. You might have ignored me. For God, he knew why. He had reason why. Because she said, I don't really care what the past is. I don't care if you ignored it. But even now. It don't matter what the past was, but now you're present. Now you're before me. I'm humbled before you. I'm on my knees. I'm approaching you with reverence and humility. Even now. She runs straight to where he was, fell down at his feet, said, Lord, if that would have been here, my brother would not have died. What was she doing? Respecting him. She was in the presence of God and she respected him. She called him her Lord. If thou'd been here, not I sent for you, but Lord, had you been here. Oh, but even now, you ask God, God will do it. He said, even now, even now, whatever ask God will do it. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Even now, he said, he'll do it if you're sick. But even now, Lord, he goes, I haven't walked in five years. Even now, at this moment, I've been sick for so long. Even now, God, my son and daughter have been gone for many years. Even now, oh God. Even now. Even now. Just may that drive home. It don't matter what time has happened, how far situations have gone. You just come as Martha. Martha came to Jesus Christ. Tonight, come reverently, come respectfully. Lord, I don't know what happened, but even now, meet my need. We don't come to church just to come and sit in a pew or sit in front of a Zoom camera. We come because we're coming to the Word. The Word is being spoken and saying, you have a need. You know you have a need. And He's saying, come to me. Come before my feet. Kneel down reverently and I will meet it. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. 
Martha said, no, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? Yes, Lord. She says unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. If you continue in the chapter, he says, Let's go. They go to the stone. And she says, Roll away. She says, Oh, but he stinketh. It's been four days. She wasn't even expecting it. Who really cares if it stinketh? Jesus Christ is on the scene. There's serious problems in here. I don't care. She said, Even now, and he was meeting it. Four days. But her approach with reverence, her approach with respect, unlocked, unlocked the miracle for her. My, we can just bring that into our spiritual lives, into our prayer lives, into our daily walk. And just say, oh God, I'm walking with reverence and respect I'm humbling myself to your word. I don't know what's going on in my world. Even now, it could be this moment. You could meet my need. But if it's tomorrow, then it's even now. You can meet my need. You're humble. You're before his will. His will. The centurion. The Roman centurion. I love it. I love it. Roman centurion. He's a... Think of it all of the different aspects of what was going on around then. And here is a Roman, a Gentile, that caught something. He caught. There's something different. There's something different. This is the Son of God. This is, this is not just ordinary man. This is not just some, some prophet. He, there's something different. He says, but Abraham says, wow, I'm no account Gentile. I'm a Roman centurion. I, I'm not really a Jew. I have no right. No right for that holy man to come. He said, see? respects the centurion asked he said i am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof oh my let's not get too casual saints i've been in the message for 40 years and we just casually walk through you know read our scriptures oh yeah i've read that before oh i've I've read matthew 8 9 before i'm not worthy Mm -hmm. come on Let's just, let's bring her right back. He says, I'm not even worthy that you should be under, could come under my roof. Said, Lord, you're not even worthy. I'm not even worthy that you should come to this vessel. I'm not worthy, but you did. And here he was in front of him. He said, just speak the word. You don't even need to come to my home. Just speak it and my servant will be healed. Oh my, my, he said, it's all right. Why? But Abraham said, why? Why was his servant? He said, come. He said, I'm a man under authority. We know the scripture. But Abraham says, why? Because he respected Jesus Christ, who was the God of heaven. How, wow. How much can be unlocked in our spiritual walk, in what we're needing of God, if we approach him with the right respects? All of these that we just went through, all of them receive their need because of their approach to God's gift reverently. Reverently with the right fear of God. But Abraham says, he says, when the holy angels hide their holy faces under the wings to stand in the presence of God, a being 
that's actually beyond angels. The angels don't stand there, only seraphims he's speaking of. They're beyond angels. God's so holy until they cover their face in the presence of the holy God. And the only, only thing they could say was, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Whew, he says, a special covering for them to stand in the presence of God. He goes, what kind of covering do we need? They had to be covered. What kind of covering do we need? He said, I don't have angels' wings. I don't have these things to cover me. He says, Mm-mm. He goes, I want to say this right now. The blood of Jesus Christ is all sufficient. Glory. See, he says Christ didn't die for seraphims. They were created beings. He never died for angels. He died for sinners. He never died for holy people. He died for unholy. As long as you think you're holy, he never done you no good. But when you realize you're nothing, then he died. He died for you. When you realize you're nothing, you was the one he died for. Mm, God is all holy. There's nothing to him but holiness. That's all purity. Oh, I'm so thankful. Lord, I am unholy. I am nothing. I am at the lowest. I am down on my knees before you because I want the blood of Jesus. I might not have seraphim wings to cover my feet and my face, but I've got the blood, the all-sufficient blood of the Lamb. Amen. And if you don't have that, if you can't say, I don't have that covering, I'm going before a holy God face to face in judgment. You want the blood of Jesus to be between you and a holy God. No one wants to approach God face to face with no covering. No, sir. Now, I'm in awe. We can, and I will never, I'm not, would never take away from the reverence that we have for our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. But the incredible aspect is that that God, that King of all eternity, that filled all time and space, as we've spoke on different messages, but that one who we have wonder and awe for the King of glory, beckons us to draw near to Him because He desires fellowship with us. And that he would, as the next part, would humble himself. Humble himself. He's not an unattainable God. He said, I, yes, I am worthy of all glory and honor and praise. But I desire fellowship and communion. He created Adam and Eve because he wanted communion with a son and a daughter. And so here he says, oh, he wants to get closer. How did he have to do it? He had to humble himself and put on flesh so that we could touch him. Incredible. Humility was required for that God to come down and bring us into that relationship. Humility. And these were the two wings now that covered the feet. Our ability, humility, are to let our thoughts, our actions, our intentions to be abased and subject, subjected to the word of God. Amen. That's humility. Oh, Brother Bram says, oh, be conscious. Be conscious of one thing, <laughs> our littleness. But humility, humility in the Hebrew, a word that is used in the scripture, specifically Proverbs, humility and fear, as we said in the beginning, Proverbs 22, I believe it was. By humility and fear the Lord of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And that word is anava. And it actually means Literally in Hebrew, to occupy your God-given space in the world. 
It's actually to, to not overestimate you and your position, who you are, your abilities, but not to underestimate your ability and your position. So humility is a balance. It's not just crawling on the floor. Pity, pity me, I'm a nothing, and you're hiding in a corner and because, you know, I'm humbling myself. And No, no, it's, it's actually recognizing your position is humility. Jesus humbled himself. He knew his position, and he filled it to its fullness. He didn't hesitate or not fill all of what he came to do. And he humbled himself and took on flesh and took, and obedient to the cross in humility. You say, well, but he did everything the scripture had foretold of him. He filled it all. Not more and not less. Humility. Recognizing your place, you have a specific part to play in the body. It's not to be more. It's not to be way lifted up. And it's not to be less, because God placed you here to be something. So well, I'm just the lowest. No, no, no. You have a position. You have a part to play. You know, and that happens every day in your body. Your body is practicing humility at every moment of the day. Your human body. It's actually built in. Because our body is functioning. We have what's called homeostasis which I'm not going to get too deep into, but it's the ability or the tendency to maintain something stable, you know, many different functions, stable and relatively constant uh, environment, and it's called homeostasis, and there's things that are built into our body, whether it's temperature regulation, whether it's blood sugar regulation, and there's things called negative feedback loops that keep everything in check, and a stimulus comes, and so then it gets processed, and then it hits uh, sensors, and then it goes to the control system in the brain, and then something happens, and say, we gotta, we gotta fix that, let's bring the temperature down, and so it makes you sweat. And oh, I'm getting too cold. And so then that triggers something. You start to shiver. And so there's these things that are balancing your body. And your, your body is working in a way and it's functioning not too little and not too much. It's just right perfect every moment keeping equilibrium as you walk day to day. You have no clue what's going on, but you're walking in humility. Your body is functioning in humility because it has cells that are saying, this is my part. And if it functioned any less, you got a problem. Big problem. So you do not want to be, well, shrinking away from your God-given position because there's a major problem in the body. If you do that, the body has to try and compensate or you go into disease. If, if insulin doesn't happen or function from the pancreas or the beta cells don't, don't emit it, etc., you got a problem. The, the cells aren't functioning lower than their God-given position. Your body is in disease mode. So it's practicing humility. Your body, every moment. And when our cells become proud and raised up and expand on what they feel they need to do and they shed humility, it causes chaos. It actually causes cancer because your cells now want to be greater than what they are. And I need to be more and to start replicating. It's a cancer, naturally and spiritually. We need to be in our position, being humble, humble in who God is, where God has put us in here. And that's exactly what Satan couldn't do. Satan could not humble himself. It wasn't even in him to do it. He rebelled. Isaiah, he was a cancer in heaven. He was cast out because he tried to be more. How art thou fallen, O heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? 
How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne. I'll be more than what I should be. I want to be greater than who God has made me to be. And I'm going to ascend and exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Wow. This was what he was thinking. A cancerous cell in heaven trying to do more, be more, and expand more. I'm going to be like God. Why do you think Brother Branham, cancer age, hit it over and over and over again? We defy the demon of cancer. Because it's straight from the Satan himself wanting to exalt himself more. And those cells want to replicate themselves more and take more resources than what their God-given spot is. And so we rebuke that enemy. I tread carefully here. We have a very large equality movement in this world these days. That's what Satan desired was equality. I will be like the most high. Be careful. There's positions God has in his, in his body. We let's make sure that we are humble and we maintain God. What have you for me to be? And be humble to take whatever it is in his economy and practice humility so that I'm everything he's got. He has me here for and not more and not less. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look on thee. I love this verse. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble and that did shake the kingdoms? That's what's going to happen. Is this the one we're going to be able to walk and say, is, is that really him that shook the nations? Is that really him and scoff? Really? Is that who it is? That's exactly standing our God given position right now and a cancer or a disease. Say, is that really it? Our God's mightier than that cancer. Let's put that scripture to practice right now and look down on that demon. Are you really, let's narrowly look at that demon and to say, are you, is the scripture says, is this the man? Is this the demon? My God's greater than that demon. There will come a day when we fulfill that scripture and look on old Lucifer who just wanted to ascend and narrowly look upon him. Amen. How God must hate rebellion. I wonder, in our homes, in our homes, practice humility. My, well, change our homes. Ephesians, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now remember, fear of God, not a overbearing, you're, you're scared of me. I am your husband and you must obey me. Not fear, fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Again, position, humility, fulfilling exactly what God outlines for a husband and wife. Submitting yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head, even as Christ is the head of the church. These are our positions. Humility will put our home in order. Humility will put our home in order. Husbands love Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself for it. Your position, not demeaning, not overbearing. We're submitting ourselves in humility to our positions. Amen. I'd say your home will change if you take that and say, Lord, may I be humble in my role. Again, daddies, being everything God has put you to be. The head of a home, taking spiritual authority in your home as high priest. That's your position, not less. Mommies, not trying to overstep that role and be that spiritual head in a home. That's more than your position, but being a helpmate to your husband. All. That's humility. It's humility. Simple? Yes. Powerful. Life-changing and home-altering. Amen. We are attributes manifested by humility. Because if God's condescension down to, took as he took the form of man, Brother Branham says, God is manifested. He expressed himself through him. No wonder miracles and things happened. His humble life, consecrated life, come to be in God, to be, to be a man here on earth, express God through himself. That's what made him what he was. I've always said, what made Jesus God to me was the way he humbled himself. He was so great, yet he could be so small. And when you ponder, I just was pondering that. I'm sure many of us have pondered that, that he left that, this splendor and glory. And you try to imagine everything he left, the, every aspect and the wonders of his majesty, the protection of his angels and the legions of angels around him. And he yielded and submitted to man's wrath and destruction. He submitted to take on sickness. He submitted to take on ridicule. He submitted to be born and go through all the aging aspects of life and the, and the headaches of, of this and that and, the, and just the simple aspects of growing up and the, the adolescent stages. He humbled himself. He could have sat in glory. But he did that so that his attributes could be manifested. He humbled himself in humility so that he could be the healer. He humbled himself in humility so that he could be the savior. He humbled himself so that the lion would be the lamb and the sacrificed lamb. It took humility from him so that his attributes could be manifested through his life in flesh. He couldn't do that as God's spirit. He had to be God-man. In flesh so that all of that could come out. It took humility. And it takes humility on me and you. For him to then express himself through us. He did it. He humbled himself. And then as we then take on life, the life of Christ in us. By humility he can express himself through you and me. He humbled himself. Became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Oh God, help me be so humble. Because I want every attribute of Christ to be expressed through me. May I be an expression of him. I cannot express Christ if I am not humbling myself day by day. And if I take my example from the king of glory, he stripped everything. He lost everything so that he could express himself and become savior and become healer. And if you want that as well, you must humble yourself. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord.
I just love that he humbled himself so that we could approach him. That we could know him. I think there's a song that Fanny Crosby said. I will know him by the nails and the scars in his hands. I think she wrote that when someone talked to her about blindness and she said something about not wanting to see or I just don't have the account right. But she said, I shall know him. I shall know him. When she, how are you going to know Jesus when you cross over? I think is what, what the account was. And she says, Oh, I shall know him because of the nail scars in his hands because he humbled himself that I might be saved. Amen. But Abraham says, Oh, he says, make yourself little. Don't be the big shot. God is the only one among us that's big. That's right. He says, you always say it's a holy church, holy people. Oh, no. He says, it's the holy God. That's right. An unholy church, an unholy people. Right. Ain't no such thing as a holy church. It's a holy God in the church. Not a holy people. It's the Holy Ghost in the people. Then you're not talking to the people. You're talking the Holy Ghost that's in the people. Amen. Yes, sir. That's the right word. That struck home. My goodness. He said, oh, he said, the Lord liked that. He said, yes, sir. I felt that one. Yes, sir. He liked that. I know it. Oh, something about, something about that statement. He, he liked the whole, the angel of the Lord there. He says, Oh, it's the Holy Ghost in the people. You're not talking of the people. It's the Holy Ghost that's in them. Oh, I know it. He liked that. I know that glory. It's his glory. He won't share it with nobody. Humble ourselves so that it's not me. I'm unholy, but it's a holy God, a holy ghost that embodies me, that fills me so that I can express him. Oh, he said he liked that. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, just all let's grow closer to God by humbling ourselves. My. Amen. But Abraham says, let's all grow closer to grow closer to God. Don't forget, this tabernacle will lose its strength. Speaking of the church there, remember. That this is the target where Satan has got every gun in hell trained on. You don't think it's just that church. It's not just Branham Tabernacle. Every church of God. Every bride. Every, everywhere. Cloverdale Bible Way. Wherever it is. Satan has got every gun in hell trained on us. Alright? So don't forget. This tabernacle will lose its strength, he says. Ready? He'll cause one person to do something that's contrary to what one thinks. He is doing that. He's up to it. That's his business, Satan's business. If he can get somebody to say something, to talk about another. Well, listen, did you know so-and-so? Don't listen to it. Don't listen to it at all. It's the devil. Don't believe it. He said, no, no, just talk. Pray for that brother. Talk, be real sweet. And the first thing you know, you find them right back in service again. Why? It's humbling ourselves. That's the service it's in. Humbling ourselves not raising ourselves up because Satan's got his gun on us looking for those opportunities in this church and he said it will lose its strength. Fortify yourselves in humility. Amen. See, the main thing is love God and humble yourself with it. 
humble yourself with it. He says, now surely after all these years on the field around the world and seeing different people, I ought to know a little bit about the gate to enter in at. This is a prophet of God. I ought to know a little thing about the gate to enter in at. And if you want to get somewhere with God, you ready? I'd want to read this quote and bend my ear a little more and be like, okay, he's the prophet of God, the angel of the Lord, standing right by his side, service after service after service, vision after vision after vision. Every time it's exactly correct. It's vindicated message. And he's saying, I ought to know a little bit. Yes, he does. And if you don't want, if you want to get somewhere with God, never let an arrogant spirit come around you. Don't let malice come in. No matter what anybody does, if they're wrong, don't never build a complex against that person. Humble yourself. I ought to know a little bit about the gate. There it is. So that's simple. Practice it. Do it. Live it. Amen. And we will be a strong church. Amen. So this is Wednesday night home cooking, brothers and sisters. This is where it's at. This is where we're living right now. Humbling ourselves, Lord, because we want to be a strength. We're combating the enemy like Brother Henry coming home and we give God the glory. This is what we're up. We're at warfare. Right, Brother Jean? Right, Brother David? It's warfare. Right, Brother Johnny? It's warfare. We're combating the enemy. How? Humbling ourselves. We're not allowing an arrogant spirit. We're not allowing a complex to build up. We're praying for one another because we're coming as a mighty force against the enemy. That's where we're at. I want a strong. I want things to happen. There it is, right there. So we humble ourselves, Lord. Reverence, humility. Brother Branham says, in God hiding himself in simplicity. He said, God hiding himself in humility and revealing himself in power. Oh, I just put that line in my notes and underlined it and bolded. Revealing himself, or uh, sorry, hiding himself in, in humility, or hiding himself in humility and revealing himself in power. My goodness, you want to walk, you want to have your walk in life, your spiritual walk with power and God revealing himself through that power? Walk in humility. And that's where the action comes. Now when the Holy Ghost filled, when the coal of fire touched Isaiah's lips, but Abraham says, the Holy Ghost and fire, then action started. Then it was, Lord, here am I. Send me. Amen? That's what happens when you become reverence in humility. Now action can happen. Amen? But Abraham says, the seraph, seraphim, God gave them a voice. And they were not, uh, not this, and this is not his quote, they're not in their position by just being reverent and humble, but they acted, they acted with what God gave them. And so you and I must do the same. What has God given us for action? Amen? He's given you something. He's given you something. Amen? Moses, he said, what a sight that was when he got down there and took his old stick and the only thing he had in his hand, overcome Egypt and led the children of Israel and fed them by the same stick till they went into the promised land, an old dry stick. You might not have very much in your hand. You might feel like your life is so puny. I'm just a dry stick. Well, a dry stick conquered Egypt with Moses. Amen? A dry stick. He says, you might not have very much in your hand. You might not even be able to whistle. You can't even whistle. You're like, I'm, the, I'm just so nothing. I can't whistle. But whatever you got in your hand, let God have a hold of it and he'll bless it. Amen. And he will reveal himself in power 
through whatever you can give him. You can't do no more than testify to your neighbor. Neighbor, if you can't do more than raise up in your hand and say, God, I accept every word. If that's all you can do, take what's in your hand and do what you can for the glory of God. Amen. Do what you can. Take your car. We were talking about our Johnny. Take your home. Take whatever it is. Take your job. Testify. I don't care what it is. What he gave you, a talent to this. Make sure you give it to him. Say, I only got two mites. Support the work of the Lord. I tell you, I was so thrilled with, with the missions report on Sunday. Watching the baptisms, watching the Bibles get into the hands. There's a little text message that went out and video of a brother in Africa. He's filling the church and they're holding their Bibles up. They just got their first Bibles. And that what we've done in China with the believers around the world to get Bibles there. It thrills me. Do what you can. What's in our hand? God gave us a church to get behind to spread the word. Guess what? Get whatever's in your hand and let's keep doing it. Let us not slack off. The seraphims didn't. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They didn't get tired and be like, whoa, I just can't do that any much longer. I need a break. No, it's constant. There's never a break. They were made to worship him and put their wings where they're supposed to go and say, holy, holy. You are made. There ain't no giving up. There ain't no nothing. It's all the way. All the way. Don't be like, well, I'm so tired of this. Why God give you strength because we're going to go all the way. Amen. Let's go into action. My, when the light struck the soul, that the woman at the well, she went into action. She didn't question anything. But Abraham says she didn't say, well, please, sir, where'd you get your education? Or uh, where'd you get that stuff? I, how did you know what was wrong with me? I mean, how did you know I was a woman of Samaria? Uh, how did you know these things? No, she didn't do that. She dropped her water pot and said, come and see a man. Get in. She got into action. <laughs> no hesitation. Amen. She never questioned it. She said, I perceive you're a prophet. But Abraham says, I know he is right. I know he's here. I know that same Messiah. I know that same God, that same Christ is in here, this little hot building tonight. I can prove it to you. Amen. And right then he says, look at that angel of the Lord standing there in the corner, right over that man sitting there. We're talking in the middle of the service. And he's saying, I can prove it to you. And right there, he calls a man out, looking over there. His name, he's a reverend, Mr. Witt. He is from Virginia, right? Suffering from a nervous breakdown. If you believe with all your heart, you can go home and be made well. Do you believe it, sir? Go home and get well. You're nervous. Breakdown is finished. Right there in the middle. He says, I can prove it to you. He's here. Your nervous breakdown's finished. Right in the middle of the service. And oh, incredible. How mighty is our God. How he, over and over and over again. Proving he's alive and well. Living in me to tell the world. He is the same. Amen. There's no more dilly dallying here. No more time. It's either make a choice for Christ. Because he's here. He's on display. He's alive. He's been proven to be alive. But Abraham says, here's a pool full of water. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, it's time to get in action. If you're just a church member and you don't know God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's time to get in action. He says, right, cover your face, cover your feet in humility, bow your knees and go into action. If you don't get know God, get in action. That's where we're living right now, folks. This is not no time just to wonder or not. It's time to get in action. Whatever it may be, if you're not right, if you need to make something right, if you haven't been baptized, you need the Holy Ghost, you need deliverance, I don't care what it is, get in action tonight. This is not just some Wednesday night service. 
So I'm sitting on my little bench and I'm going to watch a Zoom. No, this is God coming and saying, no, at this time, even now. Even now. Lord, come tonight. Say, what can I do? How do I know my faith in action? Faith, we were talking about a Johnny faith, it's substance faith. But our Bam says, like you see, I can see that red fire alarm. Or I can feel this desk. It's because my sense is actually feeling substance. And my faith, my faith, it's a substance that can see my healing. It's a substance faith that can see the deliverance. It's a substance faith. I know his promises is true. It's not just willy-nilly in my imagination. It's just as much as I can feel that. It's an anchored faith that knows his promise says I'm healed. His promise says they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. His promise, that faith needs to anchor there. And it's done, done, done. I don't care how long, it's done. He said, believing... It's an action word. To believe, it's a verb. If you want to go to your English class, testifying is an action word. Say, what can I do? Testify. It's an action. Put it in action. Confessing. It's an action. It's a verb. You're doing something. What can I do? You can do that. You can confess it. You can testify about it. You can believe. You can praise. That's an action. You can pray. That's an action. There's lots you can do. Not just sit there, oh, I don't know what I can do. Do any of those and your life will never be the same. But Abraham says, and we need delegates. We need today as God resurrected from the dead in the hand right now. To do whatever he promised to do to confirm his word. And we need delegates out there in the audience who's willing to rest their soul on any word that God said and put it to action. Who's going to be a delegate for our God? Amen. I say, Lord, me, I'll be your delegate to put my rest, my soul on every word of God and put it into action. Because that's what happened when the coal of fire touched Isaiah's lips. It put him into action. He says, send me, Lord. I'll be a delegate. Whatever it might be. might be something small. But I'm going to fill that position to the maximum. I won't go beyond and I won't go less. Because I'll be humility, humble into your word. But I will do whatever you have for me. Amen. Amen. Time for action. Positions one, you come. Uh, I prayed tonight while we were preparing for service. Lord, I said, we're just in two. We got too many needs. We got many needs. I'm holding brother Milko up before the Lord. Holding sister Bev up before the Lord. I'm holding sister Rena up before the Lord. I'm holding Sister Ella up before the Lord. I said, Lord, may my faith anchor. We're a, we're your, we're a, the bride of Jesus Christ. Let this get into action tonight, God. May we reach something deep. Let's not just surface level over all of this and just speak it and, and say it and be like, oh, that's a wonderful message. But God, this has to come to reality. There's a little note in the message book that I have. We were speaking about claims. Little Seraphonician woman had claims. She didn't have claims to the son of David. But she had claim to the son of God, her Lord and Savior. And a little note in the message book that I have. It says, we have claim to the third pole. We have a claim to that. That is the word for our day. The spoken word of God revealed in our day. That 
is our. We have a right to draw on that claim. Anchor our faith in that. It was proven over and over. But Abraham says, it's coming. I come and I won't say much about it. He says, but it's coming. And he goes out a little bit more, a little bit more. The spoken word said, Lord, where are we at? He said, it's going to lay dormant for a little while. He said, oh God, that's us now. We lay claim to that. I speak in Ellen in walking in existence. I'm speaking limbs for Sister Rena in existence. Speaking that cancer away. I'm not ashamed to cast those demons out. And I will stand on that and say, well, it didn't happen tomorrow. I don't care. Because Abraham didn't stagger. I said, Lord, I will not stagger on a promise you've given us. And we all got to rally around that. We got to rally on the promise for our day. Claim it. Lay claim to that promise. Get down and we have to crumble down and say, Lord, just a crumb of that promise is all I need. And it will fulfill all of it. Just a crumb. Started first time on a little sister. I said, Lord, let it now come on a humble bride. Let us take you at your word. He says, what if she's sick? Someone asked, but Abraham, can you heal her? He says, no, sir. There's no one else can do it. If I can make her believe that Jesus did it when he died at Calvary, she's ready to accept it, it's over. I said, oh God, if I can just get the people to believe, that's all Brother Branham did over and over. If you can just believe, if I can just get you to believe, sons, daughters of God, if you can just believe, everything is possible just believe. Can he do it? He did it over and over and over again. There was a quote, Brother Brandon, he says, now you're suffering something on your hand. You got a crippled hand. It was caused by, oh, you cut something some time ago on something like glass. Something that was uh, uh, taking place. I see a woman, she's holding it. It was wrapped up or something. Oh, great streets. It took blood poisoning in it. Blood poison got real bad. Begin to move down. It's draining. Oh, you've seen the doctors and they can't do nothing. Oh, you're working. You're a woman at work. You have to work on some sort of office. Oh, you're typing, doing typing work with that hand. And someone told you not long ago about my, long time ago about my meeting. They told you about me. You come over to the meeting tonight, immediately after work without having supper. You got a prayer card, went out to eat your supper, come back that you would come in the prayer line. Thus saith the Lord is true. Oh my, that is such a detailed individual personal God. He said, you went to go get supper. You got a prayer card. Then you went to go get supper. Then you come back. Blood streets down. Oh, you're a typewriter. If he knows that, he knows every living detail about your life. You say, can't you believe? Say, Lord, I believe. If I can make her believe that Jesus did it when he died at Calvary, she's ready to accept it. It's over. That'll be her faith. Jesus said, as thou hast believed, so be it you. You lift up your hands tonight. You can stand with me. Say, Lord, I have a need tonight. I have a need tonight. And maybe I'm just like that little seraphonation. And I want to just come as humbly and as reverently before you tonight. Because my... His, her daughter was vexed. Maybe you're vexed with something tonight. Maybe it's a situation. Your heart is vexed. It's a need in your family. It's a need in your body. We don't come to church just to come to church. We come because we serve a living God. And if we can't believe, all things are possible. Heavenly Father, will that anchor in our heart tonight? 
You raise your hand. I'm going to pray a prayer that Brother Branham prayed because it struck me. He said, Lord Jesus, you lift your need up before the Lord right tonight. You, you, it's between you and him. It's not between me and you. It's not between you and your family. You're in your home, whatever it may be. It's between you lift that need up. Brother Branham says, Lord Jesus, in the way of humility, in the way of humbleness, I offer you this congregation that's on its feet. I offer them to you because they've stood in response to a call. They're seeking deeper things. I stood on my feet when I read as I said, oh God, I'm seeking deeper things. They're seeking more life. After hearing that the blood of Jesus so thoroughly cleanses, there's nothing, no more nothing, that the complete word of God rests within them, that the very command of their own voice is creative power. Heavenly Father, because in them is the Holy Ghost, and this Holy Ghost is a creator, he makes things come into pass because he speaks the word, and the word spoken becomes God in action. Heavenly Father, tonight at the preaching of your word, Lord, just trying, Lord, to increase the faith of your people. Lord, because we don't come here just for formality. We don't come here just, Lord, to fill time. And Lord, we're upset. We want to be in church because of COVID. But Lord, we come here because we want to meet a living God. We come here because we serve a living God. And so, Lord, I'm praying tonight that the very command of their own voice is the creative power because the Holy Ghost is inside of them. And you are the creator of all heaven and earth. Heavenly Father, we Commit ourselves to you, our bodies to you. May you raise our faith up this evening. And Lord, that to your glory, to your honor, and to your power will be all our praise and worship. Lord, for we know if your word said, if it's your word, there'll be signs follow. And so we believe it, Lord. We will not let it deter. We will not let our anchors falter. We'll not let it, Lord, come up. But we're going to anchor our faith. For that third pole is our claim, Lord. We claim it tonight, Lord. And we move forward in our faith, Lord. We, we believe each one. Lord, we've been seeing different ones come to you. We've been seeing Lord, the word become real. We've seen baptisms. Continue the move oh God, in our families. Continue the quickening in our families, Lord. And may we draw down on heaven's benefits tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. We can worship him. We can praise him. Don't let it, don't let the rocks cry. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. Lord, I want to sing. I just want to sing tonight, Lord. Oh, God. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh, surely the presence of the Lord. Oh, I can hear mighty power and His grace. I can Let's just say and worship Him now. It's in your place. Not just here, but in your rooms. Keep You can sing it. You can sing it. Sing it to Him. Lord, you're in this place tonight. I can feel your mighty power, oh God. Oh, and His grace. Oh, I can feel the rush. Oh, I see glory on each face. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Well, surely, oh, the Lord is in this place. 
said, Lord, we get quiet now and let him speak. We want you to move amongst us, Lord. Speak and I will answer, Lord. Send me, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. When I come into his presence, I humble myself, remembering the victory won, so I praise you.
tonight. Say, I am not ashamed. I'm going to go. I'm humble myself, but I'm going to be everything God has for me. I'm going to stand on faith. Amen. I'm not ashamed. Let's bring that up. Yes, sir. I am not ashamed.
bless you. God bless you tonight. I pray something anchored home. May faith anchor home and say, Lord, it's time for my action. It's time for my action. Not someone else's action. I'm not going to let it be on this person or on that person or on the minister, on the deacon, on this person, but it's time for my action. And I'm going to step forward now in my walk with Christ. Amen. You make a decision. It's a baptism. Is it an unfilling? Is it a healing? You say, Brother Brown says, it's time for action. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, I am, I know this is going around the world, and it's going on the internet, and I'm proud to say I am not ashamed of my Jesus. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of this message. I'm not ashamed of Malachi 4. I'm not ashamed to stand behind a prophet. I'm not ashamed to stand behind a message, Lord, that's going forth in this world. Lord, may all of us can say in unison together, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us, Lord, take that and take, Lord, in reverence and humility. Now we can go in action tonight, Lord. Lord, in faith. Lord, that you could, Lord, with the promises that have been claimed tonight, Lord, something that's been prayed a prayer, maybe in a little room somewhere, maybe they've just lifted up their hands and their voice to you, Lord, in, in reverence, Lord, maybe it was just even in barely silence. But Lord, activate now, I pray, on the faith, Lord, that's been rested in their heart, I pray tonight. May you go forth now, Lord. May you be praised. May you be, Lord, adored and worshipped, Lord, and your glory be given this week as we go to our homes and our work. Lord, wherever we may go, may we be testimonies, Lord Jesus, of this word, of this hour. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 Glory, glory. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful week. Be in action, Jack. Be in action. Take action on what God is saying for you to do. You take action. There's no more time to just sit on the sidelines. We take action tonight. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed, each one of you. 
Linger if you want to on the Zoom, wherever. God bless you. Have a good evening. You're dismissed now.